a guy reads comics, he can't start some shit? Welcome to Fireside. Welcome to Fireside, where we talking comic books the entire time. Ain't going nowhere, so dry your eyes. Already lasted longer than fireflies. Stay tuned, Mitch's got the grooviest news. From books to TV, the movie reviews. Plus the next toy, baby, here we get choose. Even a superhero fight club, we usually lose. So pop in those earbuds, turn up those speakers. Feel Mama's power, Earth 2 with features. We need to listen by weekly, or you can binge us. We got it all, baby. Are there ninjas? So relax and lie back. As we start another issue of Fireside Chats. Comic facts and wise cracks. Welcome to the show. This is Fireside Chats. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another issue of Fireside Chats. I'm your host, Menti. And with me, as always, are my wonderful sidekicks. First, Mr. P. Features. Hello, Internets. Winternets. And then there's Mauer. Beep you. Beep you. You, 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 Beep you. Beep you. You, you, Beep you. Beep you. You, 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 you. I, I feel like I feel like he's just proud that he can say it in the same tone and cadence each time. Yeah, no, he, he's, he's. I feel he's, I feel like he's just proud of a very small moment. <laughs> it's well practiced, though. Yeah. It is well practiced because he does the same thing all the time. Like it's a very long running joke here on Fireside Chats. <laughs> That's what we do. We have long, oh. long time inside jokes. That way, if you're listening to us the first time. You have no clue no what idea. we're saying. <laughs> That's what we do. And uh, I don't know if he's like participating, but he's here he on is. mic. There's Baby Huey. What's going on? He's in his like white undershirt and bikini I, briefs. Yeah, I, he, I just woke up. He devil. Both both Baby Huey and features like have hey, the I most have s- house gear on ever. <laughs> <laughs> I have sleeves on at least. Okay. Yeah, that that's, true. that's fe- features has a reason not to wear sleeves. The rest of us kind of have to. <laughs> <laughs> Too shy. To be fair, to be fair, any of us wear what uh, wear a, like a tank top like that, it's not going to look very good. <laughs> Looks like we're going to be on an episode of Cops. <laughs> yep. Yep. With the yep. With the <laughs> wow, that that joke was going to spiral downhill. I'm glad I stopped myself on that one. All right, welcome to the Friday show. If you're new around here, that's what we're not going to talk about the news. The, the new news. news. Wow. <laughs> yeah, you might have noticed on our late Wednesday show uh, that we didn't talk about Todd McFarlane's new documentary. Maybe you accept, expected we did. Maybe you forgot that it happened. But we were saving it for today. Were we? <laughs> I mean, I guess. Are you going to join me, Mauer, or are you good? You said your BPUs, you're done. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can sit back now. It's, All right, uh, cool. Just checking. I've reached just my checking. quota Take- that I have to participate, and I can just coast. You would, you guys, yeah, just cuddle with baby <laughs> Huey. You guys are good. You're good. We got this. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> don't no, you no, worry. No. no, I don't trust him. He might have the Rona. You might he's, have the Rona. He, he's sitting right next to you with no mask, dude. <laughs> it's true. It's if he did. If he does, you're screwed. I, <laughs> you gotta, I, I am. You got to walk through the air that he breathed, that he's breathing out right now to leave the room you're in. <laughs> if anyone sees in the news, man kills roommate for getting the Rona, it wasn't me. He's your Rona roommate? <laughs> he's my Rona roommate. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where this is going. Is that, the, is that the name of this issue? Rona, Rona roomie? <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. 
if you put a Go jingle ahead. sound to it, it's almost like Rota Rooter, but except Rona Roommate. I was thinking Rona more of Rice of Rooney. <laughs> I was th- I was thinking my Rona Rooney. Oh my! my the Sh- southeastern <laughs> PA treat. <laughs> my Sharona. Baby Huey's got the Rona. And we're singing. My Sharona. All right, all right, all right. Reel it in. Reel it in. Baby Huey made a a great point. Wait, wait. Here is in a half shell. Turtle power. You are all disappointments. All right, you set that up. I gave you the alley-oop to finish it, and then you just dropped the ball. Well, I thought Features was going to jump in, but no. Now or take a nap. I definitely <laughs> finished it off, so I don't know what happened there. You're that should have all been the dis- joint effort, honestly speaking. You're all fired. All right. All right. Let's reel, reel it in again, gents. Reel it right. in. Let's, let's get into the today's topic. Day uh, so- bout. Bout. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> We're done. Uh, so... I don't know if anybody else got a chance to watch this, but uh, we all did. We were all pretty excited when it was announced, but the, the Todd McFarlane, like hell I won't, documentary came out. It's about 45 minutes long. It was on Sci-Fi. It's on the MP- NBC streaming app now. It's on a whole myriad of different uh, streaming apps that you can find. It's on YouTube, for, for Christ's sake. I might, yeah, I'll put, you know what? I'll put the whole show, I'll put the whole documentary in the show post. <laughs> it's on YouTube? <laughs> Yeah, Man. so you could just watch it on YouTube and then listen to this right afterwards. <laughs> I mean, I could have watched it with less commercials. No, it's probably yeah, still commercials. I mean, advertisement, sure, but you could usually less do the than, five second, yeah, the five second skip, and you can skip them. Can't skip anything on a CVS app. On the CVS app, you were watching on CVS. <laughs> was it? Was it? Was it a down? Was it a link on the, the bottom of a really long receipt? No. No? Is that, <laughs> I said CVS. Oh, I heard CVS. I absolutely heard CVS. <laughs> wait, wait. Was it WABC? <laughs> <laughs> no. All right. Let's, <laughs> let's get back into the I'm topic. I'm going to say there's here. no commercials so first off, on YouTube. There's no commercials before, on YouTube. It's only 43 minutes. Before we even get into the actual show itself, let's just go for anybody who's unaware or as Maurer pointed out, if this is your first time hearing the show, let's just give a quick little who's Todd McFarlane. Why would they make a documentary on him in the first place? All right. He's a Canadian guy. Which I did not know. Who grew up as a sports fan. Huge sports fan. And he was walking that thin line of being a, a sports jock. And a comic geek uh, went on to be a prolific artist for Marvel and then got tired of that, as most artists did at that time, and decided to start his own comic business and became a pioneer of uh, comics, independent comics owned by the creators. Then from there went on to be a force in toys and action figures and statues. Then from there went on to be groundbreaking in movies as well as TV animation. Then there goes the documentary. What, he was groundbreaking in movies? <laughs> yeah, so the CGI in Spawn, um, yeah. the algorithms were used up until two years ago for water and any kind of motion randomization. The really? CGI artist, uh, Steve Spaz Williams, that designed the... Uh, he left Industrial Light and Magic specifically so he could run his own project and designed the cape in Spawn. 
Wow, that did not make it into the documentary. So you got some new new news right there. <laughs> new <laughs> news. But as you can tell from Hour's quick little rundown, that he he's a pretty influential figure on uh, on comics in general, and not just comics, as you know, toys as well. Uh, and he weathered storms that most people didn't. You know, most artists and writers and stuff, especially coming from the '90s, that era, they they did not make it out of the comic bus. Where he excelled, and the way he did that was his the the four pillars that Mal Rauer was talking about, which is comics, toys, movies, and TV. So you'll notice the Spawn movie, the Spawn TV show on HBO, the Spawn line of of toys, which branched into a whole lot of other things, and then the now record breaking independent series of Spawn, uh, going over three hundred issues. So it, it, he, he built his empire on those four pillars. And that's really what the, the documentary is about. At the end of the day, the documentary is, is, re, as fun as it was, uh, is a, an advertisement for the future of Spawn comics. It is really harping on the fact that Spawn hit its 300, that it tied for the, most, the longest running independent selling comic of all time, as well as um, you know, continuing and every time it releases a new issue, it breaks that record again. See, so I, that's why it's such a monumental thing. I felt that the documentary is more just his don't give a beep attitude towards everyone. So, so because hubris, basically. Well, not even that. Like He was told he sucked, and they showed the box of rejection letters, over 300 rejection letters. And then he finally got his breakthrough. He got into the comic industry, and two months later, they went out of business and fired him. And it didn't make him go, you know what? I'm going to go be a car salesman. You know, he kept going, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it every day to the point where uh, baby Huey, when we were watching this, didn't realize it, that he does his work pretty much 24 hours a day, wherever he's at. If he's in a car as a passenger, he's inking pages. That's crazy. Like, how can you do that? Like <laughs> trying to do while you're riding in a car. Yeah. I, I mean, it, he goes into that before that. He talked about that, that kind of work ethic when he was a kid. He talked about when he was in high school, when he was playing on the baseball team and he was practicing and then how he would do his pages. He would work on his art at midnight. Right? He was used to that work ethic from a young age. And that work ethic is honestly what got him where he is now. I mean, hell, when we interviewed him, his work ethic was so crazy that all of us had to pee except for him. And he kept going. Two hours. We expected well, yeah. 10 minutes. It was amazing. Well, you know, he said... <laughs> Uh, a lot of his work ethic was inspired by his dad, who, in his eyes, when he was growing up, was the hardest worker he knew. So that kind of translated over how he would, uh, he would carry on in his life. So you know, absolutely, like a sponge, and and, and applied it, and and look how look where it's gotten him. You know, God, man. I was gonna say I like the fact that he acknowledged that people like him that are always working and always moving, creative people aren't always the easiest people to be around. And he thanked his wife for dealing with him and saying, like, I know that I'm hard to be around, but it's the way his brain works. And to stifle that would change who he is. And he wouldn't be where he was. And he'd be miserable. And everybody around him would be miserable anyway. So the fact that, you know, he found her and she, you know, just keeps supporting him. I mean, it's, it's great to see that he paid off. It paid off for him. It paid off for her. They seem extremely happy. It all goes together. It goes back to like what Features was saying about his father. And then it goes back to then that same instance where he was talking about his father's work ethic. He also kept talking about how his, he felt his dad was being pushed around a lot. And he was saying that that's never going to happen to me. I'm going to work as hard as he did, but no one's ever going to get one up on me. 
Right? So no one was, he wouldn't let people <laughs> stifle him. That was his whole thing with his time And then it went to the weird boxing thing. Oh, yeah, then he would just cut to him boxing. Yeah. And yeah, they the, kept uh, the sounds of him boxing while he was talking underneath of it. It was a little weird, not yeah. going to lie. The B-roll the B was a little weird. But then again, when I, when I watched, uh, I'm rewatching the Spawn animated series, and they do that opening scene of him yeah. talking about it, it's bizarre, mm-hmm. too. I mean, it's just, you know, it's, it's not out of the realm of, of the McFarlane way. <laughs> it's it's kind of on brand for him. I think with him, it comes down to three things. His work ethic, his talent. He's obviously got a talent and imagination, but his understanding of marketing and making something that everybody's going to talk about. You know, even back to when he was doing the sports figures, buying Mark McGuire's 70th home run ball for how many million dollars? You know, it, it just so he can say, hey, I'm a sports fan. Well, even to add on to that, uh, is also just, you know, again, his, his unwavering belief in himself. Like when he was talking about uh, the way he wanted to draw the the panels on certain pages and how they they shunned that idea until he actually put it together and then it was it became a thing you know like he really changed the way uh we view in the way uh creators after him uh pretty much drew these splash pa- splash pages and even just single panel pages or even just joining two whole pages together to create one big one big portrait of of something that, of an action that was mostly unheard of before Todd McFarlane. Well, it goes it it again goes to it, that was the one thing that he said at he said in the documentary he said when we interviewed him we said when we were at, at Comic Con with him that his his main two things were break the rules and make it cool, break the rules and make it look cool. That was his whole thing. So when somebody would say he go well you know I want to make the webs look like it's coming right at the camera well you can't do that well why. Because Spider-Man's always been drawn this way. That's never a good answer for him. If the answer was because that's the way it's always been done, that's not a good enough answer. He would then change it. If you think about the things he brought to that, it was, um, and he talks about in the documentary, if you go back and listen to our interview, he talks about too, is breaking the lines of the box, having limbs you know, stick out, having panels overlap. You know, Yes, people have done two-page layouts, but have people done two-page layouts like he said that it makes you feel like you're getting hit by the character? I think one of the early pieces of what he wanted to do, if you think back, and they showed it for just a brief moment in the documentary, the Hulk cover he did, where Hulk is breaking the name apart. Yeah. Nobody had done something like that before. Nobody really thought, like, I'm going to make the objects around that hold in this comic a part of the comic and bring the reader closer to the action. Because that's all it's doing. And then you look at his splash pages where they're almost aimed at your face. It's- well, and I love that what he talked about the splash pages. Like, I love what he said he would keep one or two pages that led up to a splash page boring on purpose. Yeah. So it would blow you away when you finally turn the page to get to the splash. For anybody unaware, a splash page it takes up either the full page or sometimes the, the dual page spread. Um, so he would do a lot of really boring panels. So when you turn the page, you'd get this crazy reveal of something wild happening in the book. Uh, and that's awesome. I mean, that's it's it's innovative. It's a, it's a way to keep the market alive. And it's the way that he was able to get to a point where people just cared about stuff because Todd McFarlane was doing it. Yeah. And I, I don't think uh, I think in a documentary, he was saying Marvel really didn't like that in a sense where when he when he first uh kind of threw himself in the spider-man 
almost literally, it became, like you said, it, the sales went up and it was like, oh, it's because of Tide. But they were like, no, nah, we, we don't, they didn't appreciate the fact that, you know, what he was doing and like, it didn't sit well with him either. So yeah, that's what ended, that's what pretty much ended up making him leave. Well, you have to remember what Marvel in the comic world was before image. It was yeah. the company owned everything. The company said everything. Um, right. This is what you do because they're the ones at the end of the day that are responsible about it and making the profits off of it. So the rest of the artists just kind of went and did because they didn't have any vested interest in what was going on. Todd McFarlane's book of Spider-Man could have sold a thousand copies or 50,000 copies. He didn't make any more money because of that. Right. And that's when he started realizing and when he stepped away and image changed, you also saw the other industries start giving uh, different credits. Now it's Marvel's way. I don't know if DC does the same thing where if a character appears for the first time, regardless of who came up with everything, the artist and the writer for that issue get 50, 50 credit. Nice. Um, Although to be, to be fair, I mean, Marvel hasn't changed all but so much of that. Even looking at the movies, like they still say that the character is more popular than the, the actor is, which is true to some degree in the people in the comic book world. But like Robert Downey Jr. is probably more popular than Iron Man is because they see Robert Downey Jr. as right. Iron Man. Those of us in comics will go, no, Iron Man is absolutely more popular than Robert Downey Jr. Those who got into comics in the world of comics through Robert Downey Jr. would argue with that. Yeah, and it's just looking at it and seeing the that he paved the way for people to get their own the rights to things and get paid and have, you know, that pride to be able to say, "Yep, yeah, I'm the creator of this. Marvel put it out, but I created that character." Um, but he's also spiteful, which I love. Like even on that same remember and this, they didn't bring this up in the documentary, but you'll remember this. Uh, in one of the Spawn annuals when Spawn is being walked through that hell prison, Oh, yeah. And all of the superheroes' <laughs> arms are reaching out of there, and all of the, there's like bagged bodies on the other side of the room <laughs> that are supposed to represent the artists and the writers who created them. Yeah. Do you remember that? It's a whole issue. That. It was just taking a shot at Marvel and DC about the, the, uh, the idea of creator owned versus, you know, major companies. And he has the same kind of thought process that Stan had, where he's a bull in a china shop, he knows he gets the camera on him. He knows that he gets people talking about him. Does it bleed into maybe him getting a little bit more credit in some things? Yes. But he's doing good work with the credit, so I'd rather have him out there making headway and making prog progress than everybody getting exactly what's going on and him going, well, that really wasn't what I said or I didn't really do that. Let him be the man up front. Let him change things. Let him make comic book movies for under $150 million. So we can start seeing some smaller comic movies accurate to the comics and more characters out there. So the only, the only criticism I would have of the documentary is that it just felt like it was so much about the success aspect that it glossed over a lot. Like it, it really only talks about things like bankruptcy and lawsuits and things like that towards the very end. And it's very quickly glossed over. Um, and it, it, it doesn't lead to the whole, sometimes you have to fail you know, to succeed, which Todd definitely did, but mm. it really just made it feel like his attitude towards everything is the only reason that he succeeded, which to a degree is true, but it definitely did not 
put any real light on there was a struggle at times. There were lawsuits. Yeah. There were like <laughs> it, it brought him up, but then it goes and then they were over. And it was only because you, he was successful that there were lawsuits. If you, you want to I mean? hear about his fight, listen to our interview with him. And he talks all about fighting with the sports people and his first run at action figures. Like he was not respected at all. And even in the toy communities now, people are spiteful towards his success. You know, he has that Kickstarter and you've got fans out there just ripping it apart because it's not what they like or just because it's his name. Um, and he has to deal with that and carry that every day. No matter what he does, he's at the point now where he's got the haters. Oh, and sure. it's, sure. it's not easy Absolutely. for him to do anything. But like if you would have taken the Spawn 300 aspect out of this documentary, which was a lot of it, I mean, because they kept going back to it throughout the whole thing. That would have opened up time to talk about things like the actual rise uh, of Todd McFarlane opposed to this, I just bullied my way through the industry until I was successful in each of those pillars, which I guess to a degree is true, but it is acting like there was, that the, 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 the issues were few and far between. Well, this was supposed when, to come out a year ago, right before 300 came out. This documentary well, has been sitting on the, the shelf for um, a year. What's it called? The uh, when he was talking about his lawsuit with Neil Gaiman, that was glossed over. Yeah, that was absolutely glossed over. Originally, this documentary was slated to come out to coincide with three hundred and three hundred one, and it got held up in production hell. I bet, I bet, and but it, at the end of the day, that's what I mean. Is it feels a lot like an advertisement for Spawn as much as an advertisement for the the inspirational side of Todd McFarlane. You know what I mean? And then at the end, they were like, by the end, towards the end, they were like, you know, we really got to we, we gotta round him out as a person. We can't just say he's this bully that just walks through the industry. You know, we have to say that there's a, there's a, a more sentimental side. And I truly appreciate it. Like that, the scene that you were talking about earlier, Maurer, when he was talking to his, about his wife and he gets a little choked up and he's like, you know, I know I can be hard to deal with. That was one of my favorite moments of the entire documentary. Because it, to me, it was taking away the, the built-up wall of Todd McFarlane. You know what I mean? Like he puts this air on of Todd McFarlane and it's not like he's not pl playing after talking to him a couple times. Now it's, he's not playing at all. He's like, that's, that's how he is, <laughs> but you don't see that softer side of him ever. I, at least I've never seen that softer side of him. That was a, that was a first for me. And I really appreciated that moment. Well, when I, I was hanging out with him last week, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anybody's really seen that softer side of him. Like outside of maybe he's close family maybe some friends uh the documentary to me honestly like like you said minty it it, it really highlighted the successes more than the failures and i, I kind of understand that to the point i don't i don't think todd mcfarlane himself really uh obsesses enough over his failures to punctuate the actual wins because i mean there's a way to talk about the failures that and that they will highlight the wins and make it seem more prevalent but i think he just was like eh we'll skip all that it's it's more about him being his who drive. he is yeah his his drive and his push to say i want to do it my way and i will succeed doing it my way that in itself is inspirational but as well as you should definitely buy spawn 300 right and I 301. Mean, those are the two main aspects and 301 because that was the actual ground, the, the real record breaker was 301. Well, um, listen, if, if nobody else is going to push his product, 
then <laughs> it got to be him. You know what I mean? I get that. And look, I'm not, not I, I watched the documentary Trace. I enjoyed it quite a bit. But if I'm looking at this with a critical eye and I was like, there's an area that it could that it could have improved on. It was the area towards the end where it glossed over these things and then also crammed them all together. Like it, like these are things that were throughout his career, and yet we're just talking about them in this one quick segment. That's all. I'm I'm just saying that that the a person of his success got there through a whole lot of failures, right? The three hundred by the three hundred rejected letters in the beginning. There were there were there was you know it's it's a it's a normal thing for artists and writers to go through, and I'm glad that they talked about it when it did. It just to me seems like they glossed over that side of it to really push the spawn three hundred part. That's all. You know what is funny? You mentioned you guys mentioned that earlier. I totally missed that, and I've I've watched the documentary twice, and I was like, "What did they talk about?" I don't remember the, the failure, the, the rejection letters. That it must oh, not right. have been like a, a. He didn't spend too much time on it, like you were saying. So, nope. Right in the beginning, he did it. Right in the big beginning, big box of letters, <laughs> and then they move on. He's like, "I was yep. rejected about three hundred times," but, but I think at the, at the <laughs> at the same time, it's a forty-five minute documentary that. You know, is that's not, not for this us. man's entire career. Like they, they had to like fit his whole thing in there. This documentary was for MCU fans, like that ty- kind yes. of target. Hundred percent. Absolutely. It's for the people that are like, I want something shiny. Um, I don't know much about comics. Who is this guy? I hear his name. Why is he important? Absolutely. Hundred yeah. percent. If you're a longtime comic fan, then this documentary is not going to be anything new for you. It's the same. It's, it's pretty. It's. it's it's great, but you've heard it all before. But if it's if you're new to comics and you don't really know Spawn or Todd McFarlane, definitely watch this. Definitely. I mean, look, when we saw him in New York Comic Con, we were all left that theater, well, except for features, he fell asleep. But everybody else and then walked Todd out stared of that theater inspired. Like, because his speech was amazing. I mean, it really was. We all sat there at awe, like, like toddlers sitting Indian style, looking up at the, uh, at like our grandfather telling us a story. And, you know what I mean? We were- and Features was like. Yeah, that's no? the type of stuff Ty glosses over, so we're going to gloss over that too. <laughs> Touche. According to you guys, it was very great, and according to the first five or ten minutes that I did, here of it, it was. You didn't make but it, it was, five minutes. You didn't make that, you didn't make five, ten minutes. You, I was right next to you, elbowing you, going, he can see you, man. He looked right at you. We were like, yeah, I was, no, I was, I was listening to him. I wasn't looking, but I was listening. You um, were asleep, my friend. You didn't. <laughs> I was listening with my eye shut. But Huey even mentioned they didn't talk about. Uh, he owned a sports team or something. Uh, he was partial owner of the uh, the uh, Edmonton Oilers uh, NHL hockey team, and he designed one of their uh, third jerseys. So I mean, that what, for me as a sportsman, that would have been cool to you know, even if they glossed Great. over it, at least bring it up. So should we should we set up a change.org and, and do hashtag the McFarlane cut? We want the McFarlane <laughs> cut of <laughs> I think of this like was hell I won't. I don't I think th- this was the McFarlane cut. I think after look, my opinion on Todd changed dramatically when, when during that interview with him because I learned a lot about Todd because it's not a facade. <laughs> it's not at all. What we saw at New York Comic Con is exactly what he's like. Uh, so I I don't believe if he had say that thing would have probably been an hour and a half, maybe two hours. <laughs> <laughs> and it would have been just him talking. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, it really would have been at the punching bag don't, still. He, he, he yeah. still would have been at the punching bag because you know that was his idea. <laughs> don't worry about cuts. I'll just talk. The people will love it. It's great. Or. But we, <laughs> you know what? Comic fans will. I will tell you that. Like, if, you, if, you're, if you're a longtime Tom McFarlane fan or you, you grew up reading Tom McFarlane work, when that dude talks, everybody listens. Yeah, it's. Dude. It it's, is intoxicating when he, when he go, when he goes on his inspirational spiels. It is intoxicating. It's amazing. I wish they caught a glimpse of what we got to see because he is like a little kid when he's talking. You know, he gets excited knowing that he's about to say something that might excite you. And that's the piece that I don't think that they showed in this because he was very serious the whole time and he was happy, but like you didn't get to see that like I forget what I said about the Kickstarter and like to see him go, Oh, you think you're excited now? Wait till you see this. Like he had that kind of, Oh, I, I, I'm so happy that you're happy. I want to make you even happier. That's the one piece I feel that they missed in this. He went to his closet and grabbed a <laughs> box of stuff to show us on zoom. Like, at, like by, mind you interview would have been done about 35 minutes at this point. <laughs> but yet here comes the box of stuff he's like this is the first picture of spawn i drew when i was 16 and i'm like that's amazing i can't believe todd before was actually showing me this this is one of the coolest moments of my life and then he goes <laughs> and then here's just this random one of spider-man and then here and, then, and he just keeps going he just it went on for a bit of just going through todd mcfarlane's <laughs> closet and i it was a it was a magical moment <laughs> here's the cover of uh, venom the first appearance of venom but venom really wasn't in this it was another character but i did the cover here you go it was so it was amazing uh so yeah you're right there but then again it's 45 minutes it's 45 minutes on sci-fi trying to promote spawn like as you just said it was supposed to coincide with the spawn 300 so you're you cannot tell me that that's not partially an advertisement for yeah, spawn 300 three, uh, 300 no, came pretty out. much is 300 came out in uh september 2019 so almost a year ago yep so, so what that, we'll do it, is in this we'll give you the link to the frank caliendo cast his first half of the interview, and then our link to the second half of the interview, so you can get a little deeper and, and see another side of Todd that you don't get to see in the hell I, or the hell I will, like hell I won't, like hell I will, or won't. <laughs> <laughs> now it's you know I'm glad that he's getting his due. What was you Frank's know, thing? Oh Todd. Oh, oh Todd. 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 Oh Todd. Um, because for a while there in recent years, he was kind of on a downward swing until the Venom movie came out. You know, people started, you know, kind of neglecting Todd McFarlane. And then it's like he saw that and was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't forget about me. He started hyping up Spawn again. He was bringing people like Eric Larson back into the, the fold and, and really focusing on Spawn. He did a few test figures to see if the toy industry was ready for him again. And then he came out with the Fortnite figures, which are selling like hotcakes, from what I've heard. Mm -hmm. So, is he still um, is he still trying to direct the movie? Yes. Yeah. So, like that. This is a prime example of Todd being Todd. Dude doesn't know how to direct. Never. This is not a thing he's used to. But yet he's going to direct a feature length, like high budget. Well, like it's maybe high budget. Uh, no, I think he said he'd be willing. Star studded movie. Think he'd be willing to step away a little bit on the writing. I think he said, like he's letting some other writers come in, because originally he wanted to write, produce, direct, star in, edit, do the catering. Where is he gonna find time for all this? 
I mean, we, we're, and remember, yeah, because he does 24 sleep. hours in a day. Don't tell I mean, him he can't do it because then he's going to try right. to do it. I mean, that, he did that, touch on his Yeah, Todd, his you can't direct like hell I won't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he already touched on his deadlines of him trying to get the covers in for 300. So, I mean, yeah. he takes things up right to the last second. Well, and that was ridiculous. He's like, so what time today do you need those covers? Because I'll knock them out. And they're right. like, well, by five o'clock. And he's like, all right. Not not five o'clock his time, five o'clock their time, which I think he didn't have a lot of time to do. So it's it's worth your time. It's it, even if you're a long time comic fan, it's it'll still give you it'll still get you in the feels. It's still cool. Oh, yeah. it, it's a lot of nostalgia from the from the any any nineties comic fan. Yep. So I'm gonna say he's still in my top three or four creators out there. Of all time. Absolutely and, top five. Um, Absolutely. Spawn was one of those books. I remember staying up late to watch the cartoon on HBO. Oh, yeah. Like it was, <laughs> you know, and I was a, when I was younger, I wanted to be in film. So when Spawn the movie came out and reading FX magazine and looking at all the behind the scenes, like he was pushing that and doesn't get the same credit the same way like Steven Spielberg pushed like technology, like it can't do it. So I need you to come up with a way to do it. So listen, throw as much money at this guy as possible. He can change everything. Like, I don't know yeah. why people aren't just like, here's money. I don't care what you do with it. Cause I'm sure it'll all be great. He proves himself time and time again. Like here's, here's a prime example of something they should get Todd McFarlane on right now. The industry is, doesn't know what to quite do with digital comics versus physical sales. Right. Put them on the case. Yeah. Put him on the case. Let him come up with a cool version to do digital comics that'll also tie you back into the store. I bet you he could come up with a really cool idea. He's busy, so I'm sure that's not something on his here's, plate. Here's but- all you have to say, Todd. I don't think you can come up with a way <laughs> for us to have digital comics that still help the comic shops out. No, don't oh. tell him you don't think. Tell him you can't do it. <laughs> you can't do it. You can't do it, man. You can't, you not, can't do this stuff. No way. Like hell I won't. <laughs> <laughs> It is inspirational because I see like, hey, I have that. I know what that's like. Like that it, it's a payoff that there's other people out there that when they're in work mode, they're go, go, go. And it's rare, but you know, he he makes it a, a good point that I have somebody to look up to. So pretty much the whole thirty four minutes that we've been recording this is to let you know that Maurer is Todd McFarlane. <laughs> Only fatter and less Canadian. <laughs> Because Beep you know, Canada. It, it actually makes sense. Todd does a lot of things focused around hell and hell influenced. Like, <laughs> and it's, that's pretty much Maurer. It's dark on dark. I, I get it. He wow. would be the Todd McFarlane of Fireside. Fireside yeah, well now McFarlane. Got, you, you know we got to do it now, right? Like, if, if, if he's McFarlane, now we got to figure out who we all are. Oh, I'm Spawn. No, no, no. no, no you're, you're the create. You're, Maurer created you? <laughs> Dance, puppets. <laughs> That's what you said. Don't look at me crazy. That's what you said. Spawn's not if a he's puppet. McF- no, so like who, well, we don't have to do this for this issue because we're at the end, but if, if I know you were going to connect is. yourself to an artist or a writer, who would it be? Like if, oh. you, if you had to, like if Maurer believes that he is the Todd McFarlane of the group, who is the features? Oh, I'm probably Joe Maduera. Why is that? Because you don't finish anything? That's actually not true. That's actually not true. I finish things in my time. 
<laughs> he finishes things in his head. <laughs> Just not sentences. That's amazing. Oh no, he go. No, if he, anyone doesn't no, know who that guy is, he's who. What's a good artist who goes above and beyond? Because that would be features. Because features, you know, he likes to use extra syllables and words that don't need them. Um, <laughs> is who is the sword of uh, of writers and artists <laughs> who just does a little too much? Does a little too much in there with his, his with his knives and his wended his day. I think features would be more like an Arthur Sidham. Very well educated. Really? Yeah, very well educated. A little weird when you talk to him. But uh, <laughs> he's got a little bit of a martial arts background, so he can kick your he's ass. Been... Features is so annoyed right now. <laughs> Features <laughs> is so annoyed right now. All right, who's baby Huey? Huey? He is um, Jim Henson. <laughs> Jim Henson? Explain. He just wants to play with his toys and have everybody happy around him. Okay, I, I can agree with that. I was actually thinking. I was actually thinking, baby, he was more like Jack Kirby. No, does, Jack Kirby does, does a lot behind the scenes, and we've only acknowledged him but a few times. So by the time we have an E True Hollywood story, they're like, you know, that baby Huey guy. He was a, <laughs> he was very influential. All thirty seconds in a two hour out cut. The gate, but you know, when you you go back and dig into the. The history of Fireside. He was there the whole time. That he, is true. He's Jack Kirby. And you know your Stan. Amazing. I'm Stan? You're our Stan. Wow. You're definitely Stan. You got to wow. start it. You're the guy out there wow. front taking credit for all the work that Baby Huey does. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, <laughs> do that oh, thing. Mitzi will show up in a documentary like, hello, 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 true believer. Oh my God, my head. I just, dude, I just got lightheaded. I laughed so hard that I thought, I, like, I was seeing stars. I was going dark. Wow. Out there taking work for baby Ooh. Huey. Well, thanks for all you do, baby Huey. You're welcome. Now do that thing. Wow. You okay? You can find the show. No, that was, that made me cry laughing. That was too funny. You can find the show Welcome to Fireside everywhere online. That's at Welcome to Fireside, your social media choice, unless it's Twitter, which is Fireside Crew. But if you like the show, do us a favor. It goes a long way. We appreciate the reviews, the likes, the shares, the comments, the people who are buying Fireside merch right there. That's awesome. Tara, cool Sh show. Shout we, out we to got Tara. We saw somebody wearing a fireside mask. That's amazing. So that's awesome. Thank you for doing that. Um, once again, I'm Menti. And I'm Features. I'm Huey. And I'm Mr. Mauer. Go to welcometofireside.com and do things. Deuces. 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 All right, bye. Cowabunga. No, Come on. What are we doing? Cowabunga? Oh, you can shut Sorry for the show coming out late this week, guys. It was hell in my office. Won't happen again. Can't say that's true. Bye. <laughs>